you know, the reality is, is that if you go back to DC um, and tell everybody that you stayed in a, yeah, you know, a property in Charlottesville, you're probably going to say, "Hey, I stayed in a really cool Airbnb in yep. Charlottesville." Yep, hundred percent. Nothing to do with that. <laughs> and you know, I've, I've mentioned this a thousand times, and I love it as a reference. I mean, just imagine, you know, if Delta Airlines, a, you know, if you booked a plane ticket on Delta and you were telling people that you uh, flew on a kayak. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. So you've seen them all over Instagram. You may have even seen them in Dwell Magazine. And if you love design, travel, and hospitality, chances are that you've even dreamed about what it would be like to build your very own A-frame, cabin, or barn house with their designs. Today, I'm ecstatic to announce that this episode's sponsor is none other than Den Outdoors, the incredible company behind some of the most wishlisted cabins on Airbnb and the most followed A-frames on Instagram. Stay tuned for an incredible promotion in just about 15 minutes from now that will grant Behind the Stays listeners 50% off of Den's digital plans. All right, enjoy the episode and stay tuned for the promotion about 15 minutes into the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Travis Wilburn and Rebecca Lombardo, the founders of the 100 Collection a curation of the best properties from trusted vacation rental brands on a mission to set the gold standard for hospitality. Travis has built and run companies in travel and hospitality for well over a decade. His working knowledge spans every level of his organizations, from operations to business development to maintenance. And Rebecca is a seasoned marketing executive with 15 years of experience developing brands and content for travel publications like Yahoo Travel and Orlando Magazine, as well as for several Fortune 100 companies. In this episode, the dynamic duo unpack their vision for a new era and standard of hospitality for the short-term and vacation rental markets, and discuss crucial topics like how to build a loyalty program in the vacation rental market, how to fight against the market share owned by OTAs like Airbnb, how to grow a meaningful consumer-facing hospitality brand, and much, much more. Get ready for a dynamic, fun, exciting, and challenging conversation. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Travis and Rebecca. Travis, Rebecca, we we are live. How are you both doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I, my son slept like seven straight hours last night, so I feel like I'm on top of the world. Um, so... So yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. How about you, Travis? How are you doing? I'm awesome. It is a beautiful sunny day in Charlottesville, which means um, anytime the sun is out, it's a, a two cup of coffee day versus a, a cloudy day. It's like eight cups of coffee. And <laughs> uh, like you, my son has been sleeping from uh, for basically 12 hours. Wow. I feel like it's a huge accomplishment. And so uh, the day is directly related to how well he sleeps. So yeah. I fully understand. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, how many, uh, how many like sleeping pills are you sleeping in? Are you slipping in, uh, these days? <laughs> <laughs> Does vodka count? <laughs> Does vodka count? 
yes, yes, I love it. Um, well, hey, I'm super excited for this conversation. You guys have been all over the place. I've seen you on social media, at least all over my feeds over the, I'd say the last couple months, especially. And I know that you guys have also sort of been on the, the podcast circuit tour. Um, and I've gotten the opportunity to skim through a, at least a couple of those interviews and hear a little bit more about who you guys are and what you do. And I certainly want to cover all of that today as well. But I thought it'd be fun to just ask you guys, given the fact that you've been on a bunch of shows recently, what, what's a question that you wish a podcast host had asked you that like they just didn't for for whatever reason? And and Rebecca, let's, let's start with you. Like, What's a question you've wished you were asked on one of these shows and you, you haven't been asked or, or the way that it was asked wasn't quite what you were looking for? Thanks. You know, I, I really wish somebody would have asked, you know, why didn't we structure the 100 collection like an OTA? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, have... why, why didn't you? Why didn't you? <laughs> uh, I would say that the reason is because we are setting the gold standard for the vacation rental industry. And with that gold standard, there is kind of a, a gold seal of approval. Hmm. And what that means is that they should really take that, the vacation rental management company should take that as a sign of approval. And the value with that logo is that that property and that management company has been vetted. Yeah, It's, it's less about booking hmm. through the 100 collection. And it's more about displaying that gold seal of approval kind of like the old good housekeeping seal, right? Like if you had a product, you know, an appliance, you would put that seal on that product. You would yeah. put that product and that logo on your website with pride because it means something, um, means that this stands above the rest. Yeah. And so the 100 collection is really designed to have life on the vacation rental management company's website as that gold seal of approval. Yeah, yeah, very well said. Travis, What would you add anything to that? Well, I, I mean, it's just, I think it's an important question now to, to have answered, especially as, you know, just coming back from the STR Wealth Conference. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the groups had laid off a, a bunch of different people that we ended up staying with. We had to find a, a lot of different properties all together, and we ended up being locked out for a uh, an hour and a half out into the cold. Uh, and instead of being at a conference, we were, you know, waiting for somebody to give us the door codes or correct door codes. Um, and that's an awful experience. And, you know, whether that's happened to me or happened to God knows how many other people, it's like people want to trust vacation rentals, but the reality is, is that the lack of trust is at an all time high yeah. um, due to, you know, just irresponsibility of platforms or hosts or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I, you know, that, that gold seal of approval represents people and vacation rentals that are delivering a hundred percent of the experience that people are looking for. So you don't get locked out, whether yeah. it's during the day or, or, or uh, uh, in the evening. And I, I'd say that the question for me is really just why, like, why does it matter? Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like just straightforward, like what you guys are doing. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I just got off the phone with a reporter who was talking about how much fragmentation there had been in this industry. Yeah. And if you think about it, it's like, this is one of the oldest industries in hospitality. We were around way before hotels. It's just called something slightly different. Right. Um, 
And it's still like a bunch of mom and pop operators. But the cool part about this industry is the mom and pop operators that make their communities uh, special and like grab hold of the local coffee shops or local restaurants and uh, or the local retail. And so, you know, this is something that no one's ever talked about, but the average tourist generally spends 3x more in a market. And when they come into town, it's like they want to be, they want to find what makes that town unique. It's you're generally not trying to go to the neighborhood bar and grill that you can go five on a um, five lane highway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in any city, it's like you know Debbie's Crab Shack or whatever it might be. And these local people um, are the ones that are showcasing this. Yeah, and they're also the ones that are having a tougher and tougher time. That's like huge amounts of money pour into the vacation rental space. I think I just saw a report that finally came out that, you know, we nearly did $63 billion in revenue as an industry in the U S last year. Wow. And that's nearly doubled in four years. And so you've got all this money sitting on the sidelines that wants to, you know, try to figure out how to put it onto a larger platform, if you will. And, you know, my, our personal belief is just that these local platforms really actually matter because they're really great people um, that love their communities. Den Outdoors began because its founders knew that building a cabin changes who you are and having a cabin changes how you live and sharing a cabin. Well, that changes how you engage with others. I've met so many incredible hosts in the short-term rental community who have used den designs to build their bespoke escapes, many of whom who have been guests on this very podcast. And now it brings me so much joy to announce that we have partnered with Den to bring you an exclusive discount on their digital design plans. By using the discount code SPONSTAY50, that's S-P-O-N, S-T-A-Y 50 at checkout, you can get any of Den's digital plans for 50% off. That's right, five zero, not 15%, 50%. So even if you're not quite ready to pull the trigger on the land that you've been eyeing to build your dream cabin on, go ahead and purchase a Den plan today because chances are you're not gonna find a deal like this one again anytime soon. So head on over to denoutdoors.com and be sure to use the discount code SPONSTAY50 at checkout. That's Sponstay50 at checkout. One word, no spaces. All right, guys, back to the show. And I want to, I guess I want to circle back to the the founding of the 100 collection to begin with, right? So it sounds like this is a, the goal, right? Is that this is a brand where uh, you go to a local operator's website, you see this beautiful like gold star, this gold badge, whatever the heck it is. And it, it, it reassures you as a consumer that this is a, this is a quality stay, right? Not too unlike like a trust pilot rating that an individual might see on a, on a website, right? Um, it, it's essentially understanding that if I go here, I'm going to be cared for. I'm not going to be stuck in the cold. There's going to be some cool amenities. There's going to be some sort of standard of excellence that I can expect in the same way that people might expect that same kind of standard from a, from a a luxury, like hotel brand, right? Like I go to a Ritz Carlton because I know no matter where in the world I am, when I go there, I'm going to receive a certain uh, experience. My, my expectations are going to be met. So you guys are trying to build something, something similar for this space, which is super, super interesting. Um, what, what, I, what I the first question that pops into my mind is like, isn't that really hard to do with a brand new brand? Like you're trying to develop a brand, right? 
called the 100 Collection, which no one's no one's ever really heard of, right? And you're trying to also communicate to consumers, right, to, to prospective travelers that like trust us, and if our logo is on this site, right, th- that should that should reassure you. But consumers have never heard of the 100 Collection, so like it's a really really mm-hmm. ambitious goal. Uh, and I love it, and I'm here for it. But like, I want to hear as you guys were were thinking about this and brainstorming this, like, what what were what was running through your mind, and what were sort of the friction points that you immediately saw, and what was it that, regardless of the friction that you have encountered and will continue to encounter, gave you the confidence to to go full steam ahead? Well, it's funny. I think this might be the first time that we've actually talked about it. But what we're actually doing is using the barnacle method. And so the problem that you proposed, um, and how do you educate people is, I don't want to give away any trade secrets, but just like barnacles on a boat, on the bottom of a boat, the more barnacles you have, the better it is for the community. And so, Zach, you know, I ask this question all the time. It's like, if you were going to stay, you were just talking about staying in Charlottesville with some of your buddies back from University of Virginia. You come book one of my beautiful estates and you have a great time. Yeah. How do you find that experience in... Jackson Hole. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. You're gambling. Yeah. And so I do. I mean, Rebecca and I and the rest of our team, we spent a lot of time going out trying to figure out who those people are and how. So, you know, my job is to make sure that when you're having a great time in Charlottesville with all your your friends, you go learn about all these awesome destinations throughout the U.S. and soon to be international and, you know, followed by our friends across the pond. Um, that's what we have to do. And you're a captive audience. If you think about it, you're sitting there in a vacation rental with nine of your best friends and, um, it's easy to multiply that. Yeah. Um, but right now, you know, the reality is, is that if you go back to DC, um, and tell everybody that you stayed in a, uh, you know, a property in Charlottesville, you're probably going to say, Hey, I stayed in a really cool Airbnb in yep. Charlottesville. Yep. 100%. And it had nothing to do with that. <laughs> and, you know, I've, I've mentioned this a thousand times and I love it as a reference. I mean, just imagine, you know, if Delta Airlines, A, you know, if you booked a plane ticket on Delta and you were telling people that you uh, flew on a kayak. Yeah. Um, yeah. It d- or an Expedia. So, yeah. Exactly. And, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I, I want to be perfectly clear. There is a great, you know, opportunity for the OTAs in this space. And I, they've been, they put a lot of, um, they put a lot of time and effort and money into, you know, growing, growing this category by all means. But, you know, Delta uses kayak to fill up the back of the plane and our industry needs to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so, I was just saying, Rebecca, would you, would you add anything to that? Yeah. It's your point coming out with a brand new logo that no one's ever seen and being like, trust this. Yeah. Um, sounds like an uphill battle. Um, but Travis has, you know, a lot of trust in this industry. And I think is probably the only person who could have pulled this off, um, because he's got, you know, longstanding history of doing it himself. And that's, he's basically said, you know, Hey, you've been around, your brand's been around for 30, 40, 50 years. We're forming an alliance Mm. of like-minded, like-experienced brands. Will you join us in that alliance? So even though independently, if you look at the logo, it might be a a new look that you haven't seen before. When you look at the alliance that surrounds that logo, 
that is what brings the trust and the vetting. And this is here to stay. And this means something to the table because we, if there's 30 logos, just like there's 30 logos under Marriott, you know, that there's 30 logos behind what that brand actually means um, and the value that it brings to the guests. So it, it sounds like an uphill battle, but really it's not because we were able to find these existing brands to get behind our brand to say, yes, we are part of this alliance yeah. that is, you know, that means excellence in the vacation rental space. And alliance is actually a, a really interesting uh, framing because I, I think about obviously uh, airlines, right? And like the the star alliance, right? Or, or one world, right? And you've got like these independent brands, right? American Airlines, right? You've got, you know, British Airways. These are independent brands that are both a part of uh, of one world, right? Um, and, and same thing with, with star alliance with, you know, United and um, I don't know, the Lufthansa, right? There's zillions others. And yet, so th- these these brands have the ability, right, to still kind of be owned and operated themselves, but they get that stamp of approval. I think more often than not, it tends to happen when you're traveling internationally where like you become aware of like who else is a part of the, you know, the alliance where you have loyalty. Um, and so it's, th- that's actually a super helpful word, um, at least for me to, to kind of better understand what it is that, that you all are doing. Whereas like a Marriott, right? They, they, might own right the all 30 brands that exist under them right um that's not true in in the context of um of airlines so that's a that's a super interesting um uh framing here what, what so I, you actually sorry ahead. you hit a really good point with that by the way so i mean if you think about what going back to marriott they have 30 different brands yeah you know how many hotels they own no 2000 13 13 they have 6400 properties but they own 13 hotels and so what they do is they leave it to the local independent folks or the, the groups that own the hotels, and they provide the sales and marketing effort to mm-hmm. make sure that they're successful. If you think about what we're doing, it's actually very similar to Marriott, except yeah. it's not a franchise model. It's a, it's a licensing model. But just like Marriott, you were talking about the, the different loyalty um, through the airlines or even in the hotels, it's like a lot of that, the way that we know it today was born out of 2010 and 11 when they were losing their market share to OTAs and we're freaking out that the hotel rooms or the plane were getting constantly filled up. And so brand and loyalty that we know and that we respect and that we um, cherish, if you will, it's like it was born out of those years. Like yeah. You had six large hotel groups that got together to form Rookie. Um, mm. Not a lot of people are familiar with that, but that was owned and that was an entire effort to be able to compete against the OTAs that were trying to raise the rates. Yeah, 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 that's super interesting. So, but but I, I guess I guess the question I have is in, in doing this, like what, what what is the actual like business model? Are you are you licensing rooms and licensing homes from these these groups are you just acting is, is it like an affiliate sort of like model like what is what is the business case for the 100 collection rebecca you want to go or you want me to take this one? <laughs> uh you take it the um so let's just talk about you know in outer banks where you have 20 something thousand homes right it's very competitive sure and so the, the local manager, Maggie Sexton, who's with us, absolutely well-known, phenomenal player, very well-connected. Yep. Um, and she's competing on um, a very local scale, and she um, probably can't afford all the different marketing efforts that this group would have. Yep. 
um, and does have, right? Like our head of PR is the same person that ran the PR for the Michelin star, as well as the James Beard. I can't afford it when I wear my local station Charlottesville hat. What we're doing is we're putting the Super Bowl team together hmm. um, to be able to help local managers that are protecting their local communities. I mean, simply put. So we are a trademark licensing group um, that will have a phenomenal loyalty program attached to it, a rewards program yeah. using the same strategy that the airlines and hotels. And so, you know, I think it's really important what we'll end up doing. Um is being able to know that Jane Doe went to stay with Maggie and then she came up to Charlottesville and then she went to Jackson home and she went to park city and Jane Doe is a phenomenal customer. And we're able to know what Jane Doe, you know, the value of Jane Doe. Yeah. Um, that does not exist in this space. Like that's how fragmented it is. No. Um, and so we also need to know that John Doe is a real jerk and nobody wants him as a customer. Yeah. Um, but that's where we're going with it. And the power behind um, rewarding people to go experience new destinations um, is, is huge. Yeah, and so you know, I always talk about this with the, you know in the restaurant industry, but um, it's you know years ago, now decades ago, that's it's where I came from. But the hardest thing a restaurant ever does is get somebody to come open up the door, or excuse me, to walk through that door and experience a plate of food. Yeah, um, and simply you know what we're doing is vetting you know across the country globe you know all these great people where it's like you can trust that plate of food if you will it's like these are gonna be awesome awesome experiences yeah um but like but like sorry sorry just to, just to interrupt I, I, and i love yes. this by the way like i i've been geeking out uh, about how the industry is going to figure out loyalty programs in particular right how 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 folks are going to in a meaningful way compete against uh, you know the some of the some of the OTAs in this space, especially the Airbnbs of the world, um, and and just kind of thinking through sort of like what is what is sort of the next five years really look like for the industry and all the stuff that you guys are are pursuing right now aligns exactly with like my my hopes for for what happens with this industry. So like, don't take these questions as as any sort of like uh, real 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 criticism, but really more just like curiosity here. Uh, the, just for warning, I've got to be. We will have to be careful what we say. Of course, of course, loyalty for sure. But go ahead. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, we don't want to get the lawyers involved. Um, but it, it, with respect to what you're trying to do, the the difference, right, between staying at a place in Charlottesville that's this gorgeous estate, right, and then going to Jackson Hole, right, is is you unlike what. Uh, Ritz Carlton can provide and ensure, right, is the same standard, right? Meaning, meaning it they have control, right, over over mm -hmm. their buildings. They have control over their rooms. They have control over the design. They have they have quite frankly ultimate control. They might still use local operators, right, but the brand that is the Ritz Carlton, obviously owned by Marriott, has so much say. How how are you guys wrestling with that when you're working with independent owners, right, who have a collection of 30, 40 homes, whatever it might be that they manage, they can't just overnight, you know, redesign their place to meet a 100 collection standard, can they? Or or is like, is that where, is that where we're going? Because I guess to your point, Travis, right, is that the difference between me staying in Charlottesville, right, with my buddies, having a blast, mm -hmm. loving your space, the likelihood that a place in Jackson Hole is going to have it's going to kind of look and even feel the same is probably pretty slim, right? Like it, it realistically, it's probably pretty slim now. So, so, so all that is to say is like, what is the hundred collections kind of promise to the guest, right? That is different. I understand how it makes sense 
for vacation rental owners, but for the guest, right? How are you guys working through all of that? By the way, that's such a great question that I wish I would have used that question as the question that no one's actually asked us. Um, <laughs> and so, because we haven't talked about this at all, but I mean, the, you know, this industry is on a 17 lane highway that needs to get, get down to an Audubon in regards to automization or uh, standardization. Hmm. We've been talking about it for years, right? So what is oceanfront? Is oceanfront in a building actually a building that's oceanfront overlooks the ocean or can it be a condo that's in the back of the building that overlooks the parking lot and just has a side view of oceanfront <laughs> but that's like as simple as that may sound like that's actually uh or what does ski in ski out mean or standardization just regards to a bed like how many times have you booked a vacation rental via any platform and you've gotten there and you looked under or looked at the mattress or looked in the bed and you're like did this get cleaned yeah um, is that a fresh duvet? Uh, great. That's a king size bed, two standard pillows. Um, I know my wife is going to get those and I'll have to go sleep somewhere else. Like, <laughs> um, there's, you know, as an industry, you know, regardless of whether it's us, um, our standards, you know, what we're looking for are always the properties that best represent the destination, which gets defined by that destination. Right. So Cape Cod looks very different than Jackson Hole. Mm -hmm. Blue Ridge, Georgia looks very different than Gatlinburg. Um, we, um, and then followed by hospitality standards, like upholstery in the industry. Um, you know, most hotels replace their upholstery every seven years to eight years, sofas or chairs or what have you. Um, and safety standards. I mean, regardless of us, again, it's like, how many times have I read about a porch failing or a, you know, an Airbnb that didn't have smoke detectors recently yeah, yeah. and people dying? It's like, those are all giant issues in our industry. And those are different standards that, you know, we're looking just as a baseline. Um, and then, you know, our whole goal is to increase those standards as we go. But, you know, ultimately you talk about the Ritz-Carlton. Um, I think what the Ritz-Carlton does is it delivers an experience. Yeah. And yeah. so the best part about Ritz-Carlton is like something goes wrong. You actually hope something else goes wrong. Yeah. Because they treated you so well. Yeah. yeah um, and yeah, that exactly. should be a standard <laughs> within our industry. Yeah. Rebecca, what, what yeah. would you add to this conversation? So like the, the tangible pieces, right? Like the, the furniture, the property itself, the decor, that needs to stay, you know, local, unique immerse me in, in the locale. Yeah. Right. So whether I'm in, if I'm in Jackson hole, it needs to be that, that whatever's appropriate for that location. Physically, all those pieces need to look like Jackson hole, right? Same thing in Charlottesville. It needs to, it needs to look like I'm in the, in the Southeast. Yeah. Um, now the experiences side, the services side, that's where this Alliance has kind of all mutually agreed with their peers that like, it needs to be the gold standard of, you know, service. Yeah. So concierge, I'm not going to get locked out. If I need fresh towels, I'm going to get fresh towels. Yeah. So no matter where I go, you know, within the 100 collection, the service level will be the same. And we're not having to ask anybody to change anything because they're already coming to the table with the same service standards. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. But what we, and again, like what's going to be different is why you're staying in a vacation rental versus a hotel. And that's what makes it unique and boutique. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? 
First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. So how are you guys uh, curating these these properties because so like I, I looked through some of them right um in in preparations for for this interview and I I, I don't know like are do you guys have um like what what some some are you know very beautiful super like luxurious and then others quite frankly kind of look like your standard like run of the mill like cabin um and I'm sure like the service and and whatnot there is like you know top notch and uh, again I haven't stayed in any of these places so I so I don't know. Um, but just at face value, right? There are clearly some places that look really gorgeous and really stunning, and then other places that like look, you know, less so. So, how are you guys curating these spaces um, and these places? And then, like, is it an actual one hundred home, like so that you're that you're going for, or, or is a hundred really just like the standard, like the the goal of, of uh, the the rating, if you will, that that you're shooting for? How how are you guys kind of teasing both uh, both of these things out? I'm gonna let Travis take that because I'm gonna call the one hundred collection a Travisism. That's a new, that's a never, never been used before phrase. Well, we always, the standards, yeah. have you, have you been to Myrtle beach? Um, I have. Yes. Okay. So what is like 99.9% of the inventory in Myrtle beach look like? Um, well, I've, every time I've been at Myrtle beach, I feel like I might catch a disease, um, just based <laughs> off of like the room I'm staying in. It's like c- gross condos. I feel like there's like probably like mold in half of them. Um, but it's, it's tacky, quite frankly. I, I, I don't know. I associate Myrtle beach with like moldy tacky and, and just kind of like overall grimy. Like I, like, I feel like I need to take a shower after I leave Myrtle beach, but maybe I've just stayed in all the wrong places. <laughs> so, so if that's the bar for Myrtle beach yeah. and, and we tell you, Hey, we have found a collection of what would be super appropriate places to stay. Yeah. For that target audience, the people who are going to go there, the yep. people who are going to meet their family, the people who go there every year, we have found the creme de la creme. If you're going to go to Myrtle Beach, if you've got to go, yeah. we found the honestly the best place for yeah. you to stay, the best condo that is not only mold-free, but is decorated to the nines yeah. and recently updated, recently renovated. Yeah. And when you show up, you're going to get a welcome package and yeah. it's going to be customized for any allergies you might have. Like- you're, and it's going to have your name on the note card. Like yeah. we have found something in Pearl Beach that you would not normally find. And yeah. that's what we're going to highlight. Conversely, and we've only, and that there's one of those, right? Like we, we have that, like we have pineapple in Pearl Beach <laughs> and we're done. Like that is, it ain't going to get better than that in Pearl Beach. Yeah. Conversely, the Florida panhandle, right? Where Travis says there are more vacation rental management companies than, than vehicles. Um, (laughs) you've got a wide variety of, um, property types, and then you've also got a wide variety of, um, vacationers or travelers. So if you've got 
a solo traveler or a couple, they're going to have a different destination or property need than somebody traveling with an extended family, you know, or a group of friends. Yeah. So the 100 collection needs to have a, a solution for any of those, you know, potential experiences, but also the inventory yeah. in the Florida panhandle is a wide variety, yeah. right? So you've got these multi-million dollar luxury single family homes, and then you've got your towering condos yeah. and everything in between. And so again, finding the creme de la creme for each scenario um, has been what we're after. So on that note, like again, just to just from a guest perspective, like, so I, I think I might have told you guys this months ago when we first connected. But um, so I spent a year, my wife and I spent a year and a half living full time, and I do say on Airbnb because we literally exclusively traveled use, uh, using the Airbnb app. And this is before I really knew anything about this industry. This is before I knew what the hell a direct booking site was or anything like that, right? So in hindsight, I'm like, dang, there were so many places I stayed that I you know, should have booked direct because um, these hosts have done like just remarkable things with with their with their spaces and or their portfolios, etc. Uh, anyhow, from from a guest perspective, right, and just discovery, right, like when I'm thinking about traveling to Myrtle Beach, right, like what, uh, unless I'm like an insider, right, I'm not going to know about like the 100 collection unless again, like the the, the goal is, hey, we build a consumer-facing brand where we're ranking competitively for like all these specific keywords, right? So that people are, when they're Googling Lux accommodations in Myrtle Beach or whatever the heck the, the phrase might be, we're ranking, you know, right behind, obviously, ideally right above, like Airbnb might be ranking for that exact term. Like, how are you guys thinking about all, just the, quite frankly, the massive amount of work that you'll have to do to, to, to compete in such a way where discovery of the 100 collection can actually happen from the guest perspective. Again, I totally understand how this works for vacation rental managers and like why this is important. And maybe this is just like, this is phase one, is like get all the right people on the bus, right? And then figure out how to freaking like make this the coolest bus ever, bus ever that every you know traveler wants to wants to stay at. So how are you guys teasing that out? So to answer the question the best way that I can without giving away too many secrets is today, collectively, we represent 5,500 homes. Before the end of the year, there should be well over 20,000 homes in aggregate. Not part of the 100 homes, collection. Not all those homes have been vetted by the 100 collection. Okay. Nobody, even, I'll just use myself as an example because I don't want to call anybody else out. Sure. But I have 60 something properties. Okay. And this is a, a great example. One of the properties I would love to have be in the 100 collection. Um, the owner was with me since 2012. And um, it's time to replace the couch. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. If you replace the couch, like it'd be great. Yeah. But it hasn't happened yet, but hopefully we'll, one day soon. So we have a small collection of properties, but in aggregate, we have 60 different, uh, we have 330, 350 guests that are probably staying with us yep. this weekend. Wow. So imagine that in a multiple when yeah. I take that. I do yeah. not have the same problem that Airbnb or Vacasa or Avant say where they have to get you to come to one site. I have all of these different sites and we have all of these different guests that we can actually market to in aggregate as an alliance, you know, simply put. And so what they have to do is spend a lot of money for, you know, whatever destination it might be, yeah. whether it's through SEO or SEM, that's not what we have to do. And so, and so uh, are people like when, when the, these guests that you're talking about, they're all booking directly. Yeah. Which as you well know, it's like, instead of paying 6% to 15% more, 
you're booking directly into these platforms every single time. So who like so you who are these guests? Because like like I think about like you know my my and maybe maybe I'm just like not the target audience here, right? But like I think about like my network of friends who have disposable income. They travel a ton. Like they they really like high end experiences. Like they're willing to pay to go stay at like a Wander, for example, right? Like the and and but but still a lot of these people like. They're, they're not even, when I talk to them about booking direct, like that's not even, they don't even know what that means, right? Like they, they still call everything an Airbnb. So like, like who, who are the cohort of people, the cohort of travel, the cohorts of travelers that like, that know they should be booking direct? Is this, is this like a bunch of people who, you know, are, are just older and just like more well-versed? Yeah. So take, yeah. Uh, if you t- take ourselves out of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So take away, take away our industry. Yeah, sure. So Generally, at a certain age, most people will go online and yep. look for the greatest plane ticket, yep, uh, or the cheapest fare, or the fastest route. Yep. And then, as they start experiencing flying more and more, they're like, "Oh, maybe I should sign up for Delta's loyalty program. Hmm. I'll get a better seat. And so instead of a V class ticket, now I have a P ticket or whatever it might be, and I'll sit in the middle of the plane. And then slowly, you start moving up the plane. And generally, that is directly associated with your age as well as uh your income yep right yeah and so we um we're you we're following essentially as an industry the vacation road industry is following that exact same method for sure. the most part so sure. there is actually a clear break in regards to the demographic that books with these local groups that spends forty thousand dollars a week which is still not me by the way um or spends two hundred dollars a night. Yep. Um, I will say though, the one thing um, that is really important, you know, to understand is often we've gotten confused and become synonymous with luxury. Um, and while often these are a lot of phenomenal homes, uh, really, what's most important is to make sure that whether you're booking direct or it's your parents that are booking direct, that we serve up appropriate properties that best represent that destination, appealing to all income levels. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but it's, uh, you can definitely, you can definitely use the airline industry, uh, directly comparing that to the vacation industry because it's basically the exact same numbers in regards to direct traffic versus online travel agency. Yeah. You're, you're, you're right. I mean, um, millennials have been, you know, coming into their travel experiences at the same time, you know, that the OTAs have peaked in their awareness. So that just makes sense. Um, I, I kind of love that the vacation rental industry is like professional brands are like a insider secret because then I feel like people love insider secrets. Yeah. yeah influencers always want to be the first influencer to discover that brand. Yeah. Um, and 18% of millennials have taken three or more domestic flights in the last year. And that might not sound like a lot unless you compare it to boomers who are at 6%. Jeez. Yeah. So yeah. Times are changing. No, exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that's why, like, again, like, I, I mean, I mean, all these, like the, everything I, I'm pushing, I'm pressuring you guys because like, I really like what you're doing and I'm super intrigued by it. I'm like, I, I'm very, I'm very, very interested in this, but I have to, I have to, you know, throw out these questions that are top of mind and that I know are on top of my peers' minds. I do think as, as you were talking, Travis, about sort of the, the airline analogy, one of the things that popped into my mind is I, so I just for the very first time booked um, a stay on Plum Guide. You guys familiar mm-hmm. with Plum Guide? They're Absolutely. like lesser well-known in the States, but I think they have a, a larger footprint in Europe. And um, my reason for this, so I, I'm going to, I'm actually speaking at a conference um, 
that Damian Sheridan is is throwing uh, in Barcelona. So I'm going to Barcelona for this conference, but like I wanted to take my family and we've been to Spain a few times. And so like we, we want to go to Portugal, right? And so I was trying to find a cool place to stay in Portugal. And quite frankly, I was scrolling through Airbnb um, and and whatnot. And I just like was quite, was overwhelmed. It was too much, uh, too many sort of like second and third tier sort of stays, right? So so I end up uh, finding Plum Guide actually on Instagram or something like that. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And like their, I think their tagline is like the world's best homes or something like that, right? So anyways, I go and I the first thing I notice, right, is that there's like no reviews. Like you can't, like I'm not reading reviews of, of travelers who have stayed in these spaces, right? And what was so interesting about that right off the cuff to me was like, the amount of times that I've kind of scrolled through Airbnb reviews, and I, it's been so so many, and I, maybe we're we're just kind of at a point where everything has been re- reviewed enough for us in in like life, and I don't, I just don't trust reviews anymore. Like I, I like I, I I have gotten to a point where I'm inundated. There are too many reviews, right? So the very first thing that stood out was that Plum Guide was like, we don't do reviews. We want you to trust us as the brand. We send all of our people to these properties to vet them, to stay at them, and then they have you know wonderful copywriters on their team that like come up with these beautiful descriptions, right? That make you fall in love with the space. Anyways, I booked my first day there. I'll let you guys know how it goes. But I but I share that with you, Travis, because again, me as like an avid traveler and and, and Rebecca, I, I may be at a point where like I'm tired. I'm tired of like the you know, you know, the Airbnbs of the world. I want something a little bit more custom. I want something a little bit more special. And again, jury's still out. I haven't stayed there yet. But if they deliver, right, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be telling all my friends about Plum Guide. So it's funny you, that you mentioned reviews. Yeah, go ahead. It's funny that you mentioned the reviews. Um, so you'll, you might have seen in my bio that I used to be a travel writer. Um, I was actually one of the first backpack journalists um, that went really? to Namibia and South Africa. Wow. Yep. Um, Very cool. <laughs> thanks. And I wrote for all the wear publications. Um, I wrote for Orlando Magazine. I was a travel writer, Yahoo Travel, Japan. Ukraine, all of it, right? Wow. So Super I've been traveling cool. the world since I was maybe 10 or 11 years old. I have a lot of context to bring to the table when I write about a destination or or the properties uh, there or the resorts. And then one day, all of my assignments dried up and I was like, why am I not getting any more writing assignments? And they're like, oh, there's this thing called TripAdvisor <laughs> and, and people are going to write reviews. And so we don't need your review anymore because some guy who's never left his basement in Mississippi is now going to write his opinion of this resort in Cabo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> okay, good luck with that. Um, you know, there used to be something called a Zagat guide and mm. the Zagat guide was written by professional critics yeah. who, who brought context and helpful information. And to your point, like eloquent copywriting that helped that really sold you on the stay or convinced you that wasn't the right place you were looking for. And it's succinct, yeah. right? And, it, and it's helpful. And you it saves so much time of having to read through thousands and thousands of reviews of people who may have no idea, may, maybe never been to a vacation rental resort before in their life. Yeah. And you're having to rely on them. So this is a much more informed, time-saving approach. And we have those write-ups on our website um, for each of the vacation rental management companies and each of our destinations. Yeah. 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 Very cool. What were you, you going to say, Travis? Well, I, mean, I think you just hit the nail on the head. I love hearing everything that you just said. I mean, A, it's a, the lack of trust or reviews is at all-time high. We, we're very well aware of this. One of the things that people don't realize though, is like when you're in the professional management world, 
Um, we have a lot of internal data and we know like all of our properties are reviewed. And if you think about how many different platforms as a professional vacational manager, you could get reviewed on Google, Airbnb, Verbo, my own platform, Yelp, that I miss any TripAdvisor. Um, that's a lot of different platforms. And so it's like, we spent a lot of time and energy making sure that we have that internal data, know what properties are truly delivering. Yeah. Uh, and oftentimes, you know, sometimes that's not showcased. And so you were asking this question and coming full circle. It's like, how do we begin the vetting process? Well, the first question I ask every vacation role manager is like, what are your top 10 best performing properties? Hmm. Hmm. Why? Okay, great. And then we start that process with them. Yeah. And so um, it'll be interesting. I love what Plum Guide's doing. Um, you know, it's also, um, it's it's curated what looks like great properties. So I'm, I'm very interested in, in hearing about your experience, see if it delivers. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. When, when you all are thinking about the, again, about the, the positioning here, right? Like, are you, like, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about a lot of the people that I know that listen to this podcast, right? So what's unlike, what's maybe a little bit different about behind the stage from some of the other podcasts that you guys have been on, a lot of the podcasts that you guys have been on, are, you know, are people that have either been in the industry for a while or like they're, they, they see themselves and they truly first and foremost identify as like, you know, uh, real estate investors, I'm in the short-term rental business or I'm in the vacation rental management business and whatnot. A lot of our listeners have identify a little bit more as like a hospitality entrepreneur than they identify as like a real estate investor, meaning they've, they've like owned the experience. Like they might only have like three, four five properties. Right. But these properties have hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram, right? They're, they're done up. They're incredible, incredible, very unique escapes. Right. And one of the things that I'm just so impressed by every time I talk to these folks uh, and and then when I you know compare it with what else I see in the industry is I'm like you guys you guys get hospitality like you guys have nailed it you understand what it's like to build a truly unique experience um, and I'm curious like how are you guys thinking about equipping and training or or maybe this is like this is Zach this is like level three or level four down the road but like I would imagine right down the road you would be interested in somehow equipping property managers. Uh, the owners, right, of these of these assets, with more tooling and more resources, right, to essentially up up their game. And I think, like for you guys, like go start with Instagram. Go go find the people that have found a way to develop 
hundreds of thousands of followers for their A-frame or for their cabin or for their whatever because they understand market and positioning in a way that like I think a lot of the people that have been in the industry industry for a while pre-Airbnb and pre-sort of Instagram, quite frankly, might not understand as much. Um, so I guess this is a long way of asking a very simple question, which is how are you guys thinking about kind of the growth of, of the portfolio in a way um, – uh, in a way that sort of like puts some sort of time and energy and effort into educating these 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 folks who are part of the 100 collection. You guys have a fancy name for them. What do you call them? Like it's some it's some word that I couldn't pronounce. Uh, doyens. Doyens. What the hell is a doyen? <laughs> By definition, it's the most respected person in a particular field. Okay. Okay. Um, the doyens. Your your question about education. Um, I talk about this, you know, on a regular basis as well. It's like if you want to go run a hotel. Yeah. You go to Cornell. You don't want to go run a vacation rental. You go to the school of hard knocks. I have yet <laughs> to meet a person that has a PhD across the board in our industry. I got to know cleaning. I have to know laundry. I have to do revenue management. I have to do best practices on marketing, yeah. um, owner acquisition, uh, email marketing, whatever it might be. And when we're interviewing and looking at various groups, Often these folks have PhDs in quite a few different categories, yeah. but I, I myself, like I don't have a PhD in everything. Uh, Rebecca doesn't. And, but collectively, when you realize who does, it's like you can help use that person to educate the, the, the greater good. And um, that's where I see this going, you know, along with standardization, it's like constantly just raising the bar on yeah. the industry. Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely needed. And same thing, you know, we're all like, I, Think back to the day when I was like, I had three to five properties at one time and I was doing absolutely everything um, I could to, you know, to stay alive in a market. And um, that was kind of pre-Instagram. Yeah. I don't know if Instagram was there. Um, but, you know, at, at that time, um, I would have welcomed a, uh, you know, anybody who'd been um, in these shoes and, you know, teaching me the the best ropes. And so... Um, thankfully we have been looking for the people that have already figured that out. Yeah. Um, you know, within, in this industry. Yeah. Would you add anything to, to that, Rebecca? No, I would, I see what you're seeing, um, as you know, as well, um, having worked for a social media analytics company, um, I, I see that and it's this, like everybody could learn from each other a situation where, a lot of the companies we work with are masters of operations. Yeah. Like to a scary degree. Wowzers. Um, so yeah, definitely um good conversations. You know, podcasts like yours that that bring together these conversations are really helpful as well. Yeah, because what I'm so glad you brought that up, Rebecca, because what the what a lot of these folks struggle with, right, is operations and scale. Like they don't they they have done the hard work of building a brand and building an audience, right? But what they don't know is, and the questions I get all the time are like, hey, who, who I, I can't do this anymore. Like who who can help me operate? And or what are like the benchmarks, right? That I should be looking for, right? With respect to a portfolio that's again, still small. Like it, it's, you know, two, three, five, maybe, maybe 10 homes, right? Um, and then scale, like people really do struggle if they do want to scale, if they feel like they've built something unique, trying to figure out how to get to that next level is is what's really difficult for 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 a lot of the folks in, in my network. Um, but what I would just say to you guys, unsolicited advice, is like if I were you and I was interested in kind of because I because I do think what's still gonna be hard, again, maybe, maybe, maybe the maybe the audience is is just 
very niche at this point um and or and or it's just a lot bigger than i think it is which is probably uh the case i think getting travelers to get excited and googling and, and finding like the 100 collection and then and then booking direct right um through through your respective partners i think that that's going to be really difficult but if i were you guys i would go and i'd find these hosts that have essentially they've built their own audience like some of these are some of these folks are getting 70 to 80 percent direct bookings many of them are you know getting these bookings from instagram because of what they've built because of the brands and, and audiences that they built if these folks right could kind of come into this collection right um and they bring that owned audience already right like so much of the hard work is 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 done right now again that might be a niche day it might be too unique it, it might not scale in the way that that y'all um you know know how to scale but i feel like that that would be a super interesting acquisition strategy assuming you guys you guys were interested in growing your respective portfolios i think we've implemented it yeah. so if you there think you about go. how yeah. um i mean just think about how many guests have stayed in a 50 year old company yeah and how much website traffic that they get yeah and we're there front and center and so it's um you know again we're using a method that's you know where there's a lot of different strategies to be able to, to to grow your business and um the you know that barnacle method um is really important because you know as we scale it's like when we're looking at companies every single time we add a company to our portfolio it benefits uh everybody else within that portfolio yeah so it's there's a lot of power in that yeah 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 very very cool well guys i am so thankful for for both of you um and and what you're building i guess my last question is you know what what's next like what's what's the, what's in the next chapter of the 100 collection that uh that we can all get excited about and look forward to go ahead rebecca uh, we have some exciting news coming up um about branching off internationally Ooh. okay is that all you can say right now? <laughs> yeah, don't worry. we've we got a we got friends. Okay, you got uh, you guys are friends. Club. Yeah. So okay. It's, it's a, a fun little project. Hopefully, we'll be able to uh, help you next time you uh, you go to Europe as well. Okay. So. Okay. Well, great. I look forward to that. Um, super appreciative of, of both of you. Thank you again so much for for what you guys are just doing for the industry. This is super cool. It's pioneering stuff. I'm geeking out about it, and I know a lot of our listeners who are. Um, actually, last question for you guys: If we do have people that are listening to this that think that they might be an interesting fit, like, is there a process, or is it kind of really closed right now? Like, can people, I don't know, reach out and say, "Hey, this is who I am. This is what I have," or are you guys not really accepting new? Uh, people can definitely go to our website to join, but okay. there's a vetting process. You know, it's the it's been commented a lot. There's a lot of people wearing the one hundred collection hat. It's not just about us. Yeah, um, it's not the Rebecca and Travis show, but we have a, a very collaborative effort. And if you think about, you know, somebody putting their fifty year old brand um, and you know marketing the one hundred collection, um, they're going to care about who comes on board. And so yep. we want to make sure that. Um, anybody who comes on board is well-respected within the community and a bunch of other things as well. So I appreciate that question. Thank you. Good, good. Well, great. We'll, we'll have links to uh, the 100 Collections website and also Travis and Rebecca's Inst uh, not Instagram, LinkedIn um, uh, below if you guys want to connect with them and learn a little bit more about what they are doing. Um, really appreciate you both. Thanks for coming on and thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank thanks you. Thanks for having us.
Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone. See you next time.